Bros and Bows Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse. And before we get started in the episode, I got some business to plug out. We have A3 Archery Custom Bowstrings. If you're looking for custom bowstrings, check out A3 Archery at www.a3archery.com. These guys are putting custom back in custom strings and introducing an industry-leading proprietary process called Pre-Cycle Shot Technology. Use code BBB15 for 15% off. Our next business we're going to plug out is Southern Loon Retrievers PA. If you're interested in in-person or online gun dog training, head over to Southern Loon Retrievers PA and click the link in the bio. Use promo code PODCAST in all caps. Our next business we're going to plug out is J&J Cabinet Plus. If you need custom granite or cabinets, hit up J&J Cabinet Plus on Facebook. Jake and Josh will be more than willing to help you out and get the perfect countertop and cabinet of your dreams. That's at J&J Cabinet Plus on Facebook. Our next business that we're going to plug out is Josie Sweet Something. If you need cakes, cupcakes, wedding cakes, whatever the cakes may be, hit up Josie Sweet Something and get the perfect cake of your dreams. And now we're going to go ahead and get into the episode. And we're live. Uh, just want to introduce everybody back to the Beers, Bros, and Bows podcast. This is episode 11 with uh, Zach Miller from Southern Loon Retrievers. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. And Man, no problem. I uh, saw your page on there. Uh, we both follow the same group page <laughs> on there, and uh, I saw you, you uh, blasted some uh, some possible school training for, for dogs and stuff like that, and I thought that yeah. was really cool. So, and um, I've recently kind of gotten in, gotten into uh, waterfowling, you could say. And, and I say okay. that, and I say that lightly because I, I went on like one hunt, and I was completely hooked <laughs> on it. And I was like, oh man, this is awesome. I got a couple. That's all it takes. Yeah, man. It's just that that one that one good hunt. So, um, yeah. Hey, uh, Zach. So, uh, you want to go ahead and just uh, give the listeners a uh, kind of a background about who you are and what you got going on? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, been doing the retriever business for as a business since 2019. Um, so pretty much paying the man, um, to, you know, make me, uh, you know, make me official, but I've been training, training labs for as long every, everyone asked me how long you've been training. I'm like, as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, started the business, um, on kind of a, uh, uh, I'm still trying to figure out what to call it, but kind of a, a I guess you could call it like a, a miraculous event, if you want to say. I'm still trying <laughs> to think of a good word, but um, if you if you go on my page, I, I wrote some of the story down, and, and that kind of spurred me to uh, you know go ahead and and push towards you know going going official and, and going quote unquote pro with the uh, you know competing and training world. And um, prior to that, I was uh, I was in sales and I was selling. <laughs> I was selling bacteria to wastewater treatment plants, and uh, it was about as fun as it sounds. And I, I literally did it for three years. That was right out of the army, um, and I uh, it, it was just so daunting. Um, it was, it, I mean, it, let's put it this way: the pay was great, and I mean, ton of benefits. But man, I'll tell you what: if there's one thing that hopefully your listeners pull out of this, it's man, don't ever get stuck in that. If you because if you're not happy, man, the rest of your life is, is going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I was in that before I started the, uh, the business. Um, 
prior to that, uh, I was in the Army for just about five, yeah, or I'm sorry, just under six years. Um, I was an infantryman with 10th Mountain, and uh, I ran a sniper section up there, and uh, yeah, that's about the 10 second intro right there for me, man. <laughs> and uh, you, so you, uh, you were up at 10th Mountain? I was, yeah. Nice, nice. And nowhere else? You just did your full six years there? I did, yeah. Well, I, I did two threes, and um, I just re-upped because we were we had orders for deployment, and I figured, well, might as well stick with the same guys. Yeah. And uh, did you? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. When did you get out of the get out of the army last year? Uh no, 2017. Actually. 2017. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting out myself right now. Uh, did eight years, so. Oh man. Well, you're with the 82nd, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I bounced around. I was in Hawaii first. Uh, did okay. Hawaii for three. Uh, I think I was down at Fort Stewart for like a year and a half, maybe, and then I I re-upped again and uh, found myself here at Bragg. Is everything they say about Bragg? I've been I've been through Fayetteville. I mean that that was a that was like I mean it all depends on how you you treat that voyage. But is everything what they say about the eighty second? I mean, are you rocking a high and tight right now? I gotta no, know. no, no, <laughs> no, no. I think those days were were long and gone by the time I got here. It's uh, it's it's different. Um, so oh, many so yeah. many guys came from you know uh, they were eighteen X ray contracts or they were RASPs mm-hmm. guys or they were from regiment. So they bring all that that kind of atmosphere over. So it's gotcha. different. It's weird. It's a it's a fine line they walk with regs and kind of chill with certain stuff. So it's 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 weird. Um, I got you. Yeah. No, it was a good time. I, I had a great time, but. That's why I, I kind of started the podcast and uh, kind of went down this venue because I wanted something I could use to transition out and, um, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and just be blatantly on. I just want to do something fucking manly, so I just wanted to get out yeah. and do something, you know, like this. Um, but yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. And that's why we're we're here where we're at, and uh, and I just you know, like I said before, you know, I, I got um, a, an invite to go waterfowl hunting, and I went, um, wasn't successful. Um, but it was just I mean, the experience of it, man, was just... <laughs> that's 90% of waterfowl hunting. Yeah. That's yeah, a good part. Yeah. 90% of most of the hunting so far, <laughs> at least to my yeah. luck. But it, it was it was just such a great experience, and I was like, man, like this translates so well for me, and I, and I want to continue this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think I might... And I kind of want to pursue it more than I was whitetail hunting, honestly. Like, I don't know something about it. It, and that's, it is. Yeah, it definitely is a... Uh, I, I, I mean, just as long as I've been, been hunting the birds, it's a... Uh, you hear that a lot and, and you, you won't stop hearing it is that not so much that they'll stop whitetail hunting or, you know, whatever other game they're hunting, but it's just, they, they talk about the, the overall thrill of waterfowl hunting and the chase, you know, especially if you're hunting public land, um, mm-hmm. it's something else that, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, harvesting another species is, is, you know, it's still a, a blessing, but man, you get under some birds and, and, you do everything right just to get the get that that sweet science and that puzzle put together. Mm-hmm. You know, right as the birds come in. I mean, that's it's something different. And then you add a dog on top of that. I mean, that puts it all together, man. Yeah, and that and that's kind of my big thing with with interviewing you now is um, mm-hmm. um, the dog aspect of it. Yeah. And I find it so fascinating because I'm you know I I, I love dogs. Um, mm-hmm. Always have. I grew up my dad. My dad bred them. He bred shepherds for a long time, so he was big, big, okay. big into breeding for a bit. And I just mm-hmm. always loved dogs, and I trained my own at one point. And um, one of the the big things that I love about it, man, is just seeing the dog work. Yeah, is it's just awesome because you're kind of seeing that that animal. You're seeing him in his in 
essentially in his natural habitat, what he's born and bred to do. And, right. it, you know, and I love watching the wheels turn and, and them just yep. get excited. And I was like, man, and this last, this last duck hunt, you know, when I went on it with one of the guys brought his dog out there, she was young, but mm-hmm. man, she was just, it was just amazing to watch them do what they do. And it's just like, man, that's what that dog is meant to do. And, and I love watching it. And I, and I, that's me trying to grab this information from you and share it to other mm-hmm. listeners um, I'm also kind of being selfish because I want to try to start when I get more into this waterfowl and I, you know, I want to get me a Boykin. So I want yeah. to, I want to, I want to dive deep into training a dog and doing it. But I, I think the big thing yeah. to, uh, to ask you right here is, um, really, I think sometimes people and myself included, um, tend to think that training your dog to do party tricks and then training mm-hmm. the dog to do what it's meant to do in the field for that field work. There's a uh, there there's there's a uh, real defined line between the two, and you know you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, and, and yeah. just dive in a little bit into that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, uh, I kind of break it up into uh, two categories really, and that's mainly what I focus on training wise. Is you know you've got your your house manners, your potty manners, you know uh, uh, your basic obedience and. Um, that's kind of one side of uh, the coin and the other side is everything that is the <laughs> labyrinth of a uh, uh, training a gun dog. And, and let me correct myself, training it right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if, if you ever get the chance to go on my YouTube channel, you'll, you'll see a playlist called airing sessions. And I go on there and I, I pretty much, I kind of tell it how it is with dog training nowadays because and I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but, um, you know, you, you, I hear so many stories. And I get so many pups coming to me for training, and mm-hmm. um, the, owners, the owners will say, "You know, I, I paid, you know, this much per month for this many months, and uh, my pup barely knows obedience." And I'm like, "This is a pro dog trainer." He's like, "Yep," and it's a shame, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> that playlist is me kind of just calling everybody out. But mm-hmm. um, uh, no, there is there's definitely a defined line, and uh, I think that's a good way to you know, phrase that because it's such a distinct difference, you know, when you switch gears from, you know, you're, you're just pretty much teaching static commands, you know, besides recalls. Um, and of course, you know, house mares and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it definitely, there definitely is a, a, a defined line. And then you go over and you, like I said, flip the coin to the gun dog side. I mean, it starts a force fetch, which that's kind of my, that's my baby. And because um, everyone makes a big fuss out of it, and it's like, oh my god, you're killing my dog! Mm-hmm. No, um, it's it's usually the folks that get that rep are the ones who will start with an e collar, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the best things to look at, if you know, any, you know, you or any of your listeners ever go and and watch, you know, quote unquote pro trainer, see how they start and handle the dog, and you got to ask yourself when you're watching them, how is this trainer when the collar comes off? You know, I always say that's that's kind of the mark of a true trainer is, you know, how you can handle a dog when everything is just you and them in the elements. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, that that's kind of what I I, I, I kind of run my business off that, you know, right. and just being that transparent trainer, being like, hey, you know what? As soon as your pup leaves my facility, they're going to be the same pup. Obviously, they'll be a little crazier because they're around their family, but, you know, you're going to be able to take this pup, get him online, and 
handle that dog perfectly. Right. And how many other trainers can say that? But it's it's very uh, very political. Let's put it that way. But right. Um, hopefully that answers your question. No, no, it does. And and I think it's important also for people to understand that like the dog training, um, that it is repetition. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, just because you send, you know, just because you guys send your dog to Zach and you guys get him back, like you need to make <laughs> yep. sure you're you're following up with that training and it becomes repetitive and the dog it's... understands. Um, yeah. Because that, you know, I, I kind of took it upon myself when I was training my dog how to retrieve. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of learned off YouTube and I don't know. Yeah. A, it was kind of like. I had no other, nothing else to do in my apartment with him but do that, and then mm-hmm. and then be on the flip side. He was just really smart, so I got kind of lucky with that that he just he oh, picked yeah. up so fast. Um, but the one thing that you know that was that I kept reading was the repetition portion of it. Yeah, and, and then it's... you mentioned the e collar uh, aspect of it too. And um, could you go ahead and just dive deep into like e collar training itself? Because I think people think that they need to use the e-collar for everything that goes wrong and maybe there's that's the wrong way to use it yeah yeah i mean first off you know you were spot on with with you know repetition i mean i preach this i'm like consistency is the key to the lock i mean that's that's that is the ultimate master key um but yeah with with e-collar training it 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 does uh, like force fetch it gets a bad rep because people mess it up and when they mess it up, they don't want to admit that the dog is ruined because of that. But mm-hmm. it's it's so crucial, uh, you know, even if it's a bark collar, um, just to know what the device is, how to kind of, I mean, it's, they're very simple, but, how, you know, what it is, how to use it, you know, what to do in case things go bad. But, you know, in terms of the actual training aspect, a lot of it is just, you know, before you even turn the thing on, it's, it's a couple weeks of, you know, during your sessions or a couple hours during the day, um, just leaving it on your pups, uh, on their, their neck, you know, mm-hmm. just so they can get, um, get used to it. And, and I, I roll that in with collar conditioning and you know, that's, that's a phase in, in my training scheme. Um, you know, conditioning is, you know, you have to get used to it first to be conditioned to it. And then when you actually do turn it on, it's never used in, it's never used as a corrective action. It's never a negative sense uh, of, of the tool mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people see it as a correction tool when in reality it's, it's a training tool. And, and I think as soon as you get that mindset, mainly when you're on the line and you know, you've got the transmitter in your hand, the remote, um, when you tell yourself that on the line, that's kind of the biggest uh, door opener for, you know, for you to be able to train properly because mm-hmm. There's a difference between you know strapping a call, strapping an e-collar on your pup, going out there and and um, you know if they miss something then you you know you give them a give them a buzz, but if you go out there and turn it on the lowest setting and you you know you want to teach a command you know if if like when I teach the back command um, every time that we would do our ladder drill pretty much to teach a bird or excuse me teach a dog how to do. Uh, lines you mm-hmm. know where they don't see the bird fall and um one of the first things i do is is you know i'll introduce that word you know back back and the dog will understand okay i have to push this way because what i'll also do is met me, can't talk uh mesh the the word fetch into it because we're coming right from force fetch the dog knows okay fetch means grab this item 
mm-hmm. we'll go up to the line and then I'll say fetch. The dog knows, okay, go get the bumper, bring it back. Next time it goes up, I'll say fetch, fetch, back, fetch. And every time I say that back, I'm giving them a buzz. And, and all that is is just to reinforce that, mm. hey, this is how we're going to transition our verbiage. So that's one aspect of how you can use it as a as a training uh-huh. tool. But that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't realize that. I, I yeah. I know um, one of the things that I, I was listening to a podcast with. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, um, Mike Ritland. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was listening to one of his podcasts, and it was really interesting how he talked about the e-collar aspect of it. He, you know, mm-hmm. if you were to put it on somebody and go into a room and tell them to find, you know, this item, and the guy's not mm-hmm. finding the item, and every time you're not finding him, you're, you're shocking him, it yep. becomes to a point where that person's not going to go and look for it because he knows he's going to get shocked. Right. It, it's all about how you, uh, uh, how you give off that message of okay, because again, we we gotta we can't speak their language, but we can speak their language through training. And, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest thing, you know, he, you and him sp- hit spot on is that the way we communicate with them is, is by that, you know, by applying pressure, by giving praise, mm-hmm. just letting them know what's right and what's wrong. And, and when you finally figure that out and you read your dog, that's when you really can lock in and be like, okay, now we can work because mm-hmm. I can, I understand your faults and where you progress. I understand how you work in this environment, so on and so forth, and and that's that's the key element is knowing your dog. Right. Yeah, and uh, um, one other thing too that I I kind of um, when I was training my dog, um, people know I had to rehome him, so sad day. But mm-hmm. um, the biggest thing I took away from a lot of that training was the uh, the jackpot method, essentially, where. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the dog didn't sit all the way, but the fact that he made an effort towards it and you reinforce yeah. that effort until he finally does it, I think that's a that's just a, an amazing tool like to use as oh, well. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's when everything that's what I like to see the most because that's when I know things are clicking, and mm-hmm. and then that's when it's just really fun for me and, and it's fun for the dog too. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's I get messages every day with with guys and gals saying, you know, hey, I've got I've got this pup to where I, you know, I know what to do, but it's not doing, it's not going all the way. And I'm like, okay, well, I tell him, you know, evaluate what's going on. And they tell me, well, he's, let's take your example, for example. Um, you know, the pup isn't sitting all the way down. Um, it's just kind of making an effort. Well, you got to entice it. You got to teach it. Okay, this is good that you're doing that. You know, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it's going to be a puppy. And if it's a lab, you know, they're, they're, you could give them a piece of cardboard and they'd be like, Oh sweet, a reward. <laughs> and, um, I mean, you, you just need to teach them, you know, okay, I'm not giving you that treat until you sit all the way down. And that is, as soon as you start enforcing that, you know, I'm in control until your butt touches that ground. You know, that that's my biggest thing. When the butt touches the ground, they get the treat. Mm-hmm. But in, where, where people kind of, uh, uh, well, I always give them a tip. I'll say, you know, distance yourself from your pup when you're teaching that because they'll always want to lift their butt up to they're, – they're excited. Their tail's wagging. They want to lift their butt up, take a couple steps back, and when they finally do it, you know, mark it with yes or whatever and um, slowly take steps towards your pup and see if your pup raises his or her butt off the ground. And if they do, you take a step back. And what that does is that reinforces, okay, 
uh, every time that he comes close and I lift my butt up and wag my tail, uh, I'm not getting anything. So it's kind of that give and take mentality. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, moving on to this one, um, starting the company itself, um, mm-hmm. what what kind of inspired you exactly to be like, yeah, I want to start this retrieving thing. Like I've been, cause you said earlier that, you, that you were, you know, as long as you can remember you were training retrievers and then was it during the army that you were like sitting down and you're like, yeah, I could run a retriever business. Like what does it take to even start that? Oh, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. I mean, in the army, I didn't even dream that I was going to do this. I, I wasn't even thought in my head. Didn't even come in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause you know, I, I didn't know, a, I didn't even know if there was any money in it, you know. Right. Not that it's about the money, but you got to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, okay, well, that's that's just kind of a a big dream. So I kind of wrote that one off right away. And obviously, I you know just took a normal nine to five job. And uh, I, I it was, and, and you know the story online will definitely tell it a lot better than I can. But you know the biggest thing for me was. I founded it off of my old pup banjo mm-hmm. and he was the first, uh, first lab for myself to have. And, uh, you know, I moved to uh, move houses and he was down here and, you know, he was just one heck of a gun dog, man. He was, uh, he, he still is. Um, and you know, I was, I, I had just gotten out, you know, I'm pretty much fresh off deployment, got right out. And, um, when I came home and got, uh, you know, ETS, I, they, I mean, they don't kid you when they say they just literally like give you a couple classes, check some boxes mm-hmm. and then they just kind of like, yep. All right. See you, man. Yep. And, um, and I was in shock of that. I was like, Whoa, I mean, I'm happy as hell that I'm off, you know, I'm out of the military, but like they literally just pulled the floor at me mm-hmm. and, um, I was happy. I had a job and, I don't think until the uh, 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 the light kind of the shine kind of gave off uh, or wore off after you know oh I'm finally out and then real life set in and it's like well I'm not that happy and uh, you definitely go through that six months to a year and uh, of where you're just like what is going on you know you definitely make a change <laughs> yeah. um, and it, it hit me hard because. Didn't have any time to evaluate deployment, you know, everything that went on there. Didn't right. have any, I mean, it was just all these years catching up to me now. And I, I mean, I was going through a rough time. Definitely, you know, went through the whole, was the trifecta of the uh, depression, anxiety, and, and PTSD that, you know, the VA loves to slap on everybody. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you, you, I didn't even realize it, you know what I mean? And um, it, it got to the point where it was so bad that, you know, and that's what the story will tell you. But, um, you know, I, I was on the, the brink of suicide and that was, uh, shoot, that was, uh, just before spring of 18. And, um, I had fury for about like, shoot a week after, you know, so he's nine weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, he was just, he was just a puppy, you know, he had no clue what left or right was. And, romping around and running the stairs and um you know i carried him up to the second floor of my house and that's where uh, uh my office was you know where i'll do my sales calls and whatnot and um 
I I mean, it was just one of those days, man, where it was like, that's it. I've had enough. You know, it's hard to describe, honestly. And um, I think the I think the story kind of does it a little bit better. But um, you know, I I walked my I walked downstairs. I walked all the way down to the basement, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I I was ready to roll, man. I, I had a <laughs> I had my this beautiful 1911, and um, I actually had a buddy Sarah call for me. He's like, uh, I hope you never have to use this again. And it was to the point where, you know, this, the the tip of the barrel, man, I, can, I still can feel it on the side of my head. Wow. And um, it was, a man, it, I always tell people, because they're like, you know, describe that if you can. And I'm like, I tell them all I, all I could feel was, was ounces and cold. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the dang trigger was freezing. And uh, I was like, all I could feel was like slowly, and you know this, slowly right, right. taking that tension out of uh, uh you know the trigger before right the, the firing pin and i remember it was i just felt oh man i was like oh, I, don't, I don't even know how much weight away but i felt the tension and then my face just got completely soaked and <laughs> for the longest time I, I kept my eyes closed i was like holy shit i didn't feel a thing like <laughs> oh my god this is awesome i, I didn't feel a thing and um i opened my eyes and you know, there's there's banjo just licking my face, and it, it, so many things just kind of happened, right. and uh, it, it was to the point where, you know, I was just so confused. I was like, "You've only been here a week. You know, you've never been down here to the basement, you, and let alone you've never done stairs before." And uh, you know, I say it a lot, but you know, if anyone knows puppies, right, doing yeah. stairs is is huge. Mm-hmm. And um, he was whining, man. I've never, to this day, for all the dogs I've trained, I've never heard a dog whine and cry like that. And he just kind of sat right in front of me and was just staring right in my eyes, man. I swear. It was the, the most bone-chilling thing I've, I've gone through. Even after deployment and, and everything else, it's like, I'm getting like chills right now about it. But it's just, yeah, you me know, too. He, he was, yeah, it was nuts. He was like, give me that look. And. He would not stop, and I'll never forget this. He would not stop whining and crying until I just put the I put the gun back down in the box. I cleared it, and again, more weird stuff just started happening. I put that down. He stopped crying, and like right behind him, maybe a couple of feet, was a bumper. And man, I'll tell you, even to this day, I never put bumpers down there, never, and. He picked a bumper, he held it in his mouth, and I was like, all right, well, this is it. You know, let, let's go. And uh, we went out and trained, and that's where it was just – it all came together. And I was like, you know what? You were that close. You know, you were ounces away, man, and it, it's – don't be this miserable. And I was like, let's let's do this. You know, if that's how it is. You know, that's how it is. Wow, man. That is a uh, that's deep, dude, and 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 honestly, man, like that's a, uh, you know, I had covered it on on one podcast, man, about you know the using, I mean, you using your dog to help your your transition. Mm-hmm. He was there for you, you know you're using your company for that, and and yep. there's a lot of companies out there that are doing it. It's nothing new. There's a lot of outdoor yep. companies that are trying to help, you know, guys who did go through a lot. Um, mm-hmm you know, to help them transition and help them, you know, go through all that hard stuff. You know, I, I didn't, you know, um, 
you know, I didn't get to do uh, a combat rotation or anything like that. So yeah. I had, you know, my own things that I dealt with, but you know, that's, that's why I see it's so important um, to see like other veterans trying to help out other vets when it comes to this stuff. And especially the animals, man, like when it comes to, to yeah. dogs, like I, I you, you hear tons of stories of dogs, you know, saving people's lives because they're there, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it, and it's huge and it, and it, and it's, it's, there's so much truth to it. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, man. Not one bit. It's real. And, and I, and I think that's an amazing story, man. It, it's just, I got goosebumps listening to that. That's, that, it is, <laughs> it is amazing. Cause I, I, you know, I went through my own thing and that was partially the reason why I got the dog when I got him. And, yeah. you know, and that's what I used him for was to help me through my own, my own struggles I was having at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I mean. You spell dog backwards. You know, yeah, man. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I tell everyone, I'm like, I can't, <laughs> it, I can't stand people. I'm like, I, that's why I work with dogs. And, and I mean, man, it's just, you can't have a bad day. I mean, you yep. literally cannot have a bad day with them. And they just will do damn near anything. And it's, uh, I, I always use that. And I'm just like, you know what? This is a daily reminder that I wish people would see once a, a month at the you know once a year at the least just to see like hey uh yeah life sucks man but get a dog yeah yeah get get one uh, or get a cat <laughs> some people like having cats too <laughs> yeah i mean it's yeah I, i've definitely heard that as well <laughs> so um what uh so moving on with this one so like as far as dog breeds go um, obviously you're, you're big into retrievers. Um, mm-hmm. do you train other breeds too? Like, do you only specifically work with gun dogs? Uh, so how I did it was uh, the physical business. So like me running the dog, you know, right here, living at the kennel, that's just labs. That's purebred labs. Mm-hmm. Now, when I came out with the course last week, that was, I'm still trying to spread the word that is universal, you know, obviously don't go in like, <laughs> Don't listen to this podcast and be like, oh, I'm going to get my pug to go get these dogs. <laughs> Don't go and do that. But keep it in the gun dog world. Uh, you know, if you search gun dog breeds or hunting breeds, it's applicable to just about all those breeds. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's what I designed that course for because, um, you know, it, it, you get people shoot. I, I always tell people, I had a guy from Oregon drive out here to get his pup here. And I was like, man, I, I – I don't want, I don't want you to have to do that again. And, uh, I had a bunch of people saying, you know, Hey, make, turn this into a course, you know, just turn it into a course so we, we can do this from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's kind of where the other breeds came in. Right. And, uh, you know, cause like I'm, I'm kind of big right now into getting to Boykin. I just think they're freaking, mm-hmm. they're cool looking. And I just think you know, my basically my wife doesn't want a big dog again. So, <laughs> no, good so, I mean, to have like a small dog, that's a good dog and, and they're, mm-hmm. and they're, they're driven. Like I need a, yeah. I, I kind of need a dog that's, that's got some drive in it. Cause again, you know, I really like to see the, the reward on their face when they're, when they're finally sure. getting it done. Um, yeah. do you have any experience with, with, uh, with Boykins or just like so Cocker Spaniels or Spaniels in general? I, I've seen him run a lot of tests, and um, honestly, that it, it, I mean, it, I guess it depends on if you yeah pros and pros and cons. Yeah, I mean, it, it's shoot. I mean, they're 
it's hard to say because you know it's 50 50 because I, I i've been to tests where you see them really bad and then you've been to tests where they just demolish and mm. um but i mean you could say that about the labs too so i i, I tell people a lot it's all about how you train them. it's all about the trainer and the pups sinking together and man you get the right match you it doesn't matter the bloodlines or whatnot. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you could get a freaking well, not a pug, but man, you can get just about <laughs> anything. And uh, if you train it right, man, it's it, 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 you can fly, man. Yeah, and uh, so keep because I want to keep going on this dog training portion. Yeah. The uh, the my big question is is um, introducing the gun into the training because mm-hmm. uh, I. I uh, the guy I went hunting with, he was telling me about a guy who paid, you know, some odd, you know, thousand dollar to train his dog. Yep. Took him on his first hunt, shot the gun, the dog ran back, ran right back to the truck. Oh, so, I've I've always I've seen a little bit nitpicks on the on YouTube, like of where yep. people kind of they're they're showing how they do it, but they mm-hmm. they just seem so vague in the it's, aspect of how they're doing it, like it's some secret or something. Yeah, well, that's that's a th- you're, you're hitting all the points of what I. I pretty much took exactly what you said, and I said I, I'm going to do the opposite because okay. the biggest thing is, you know, yeah, you, you, like you said, you get a lot of people who have that pup that unfortunately gets gun shy or shot shy, and uh, the, everyone will say you can't do it, you can't turn them. I would definitely say you can. Mm-hmm. Again, falls back on the trainer aspect, but um, you know, like. Like you said, a lot of, and I know exactly the videos you're talking about because there's honestly not too many on there about about you know turning the tide with that, mm-hmm. and um, the, you know they are vague. And I, I put out another airing session video. It was called the secret sauce, and um, <laughs> it was just about that. You know, you, you get a lot of these trainers or, or folks who are writing books and whatnot, and they're like, "I'm giving you everything, you know, all the secrets," and then you go and watch a video like that, and it's like, well. Where, where's the secrets, man? And that that was the biggest thing that, you know, I, I, I want to do. I was like, I'm going to make every dang detail I can. So you have to turn me off. And um, that's covered in the courses is introducing the pup to gunfire, introducing their pup before that to the weapon itself, you know, because mm-hmm. they're shot shy, which is the, the dog being afraid of the actual the, the, the sonic, you know, the sound of the actual round going off or the shell going off. Mm-hmm. And then you've got gunshy, which is, you know, I, I had a pup here for that reason. And it was like, man, anytime I, <laughs> I always keep the shotguns in the cab and it, it's anytime I open that door and like hit the little, uh, it was a tangle free gun, uh, uh, gun case. Mm-hmm. And they have those metal buckles. Every time that that pup would hear that metal buckle, if I didn't have it, you know, on the chain gang, that, that sucker would be gone. And, um, you know, you learn fast. It it doesn't take long, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it it is possible. And anyone who tells you it's not, well, they're, they're just not on the right uh, wavelength there. Let's Mm -hmm. put it that way. And, uh, what are the, the, you know, the tall tale signs of why the dog is being that way? Uh, you know, gun shy or shot shy. I mean, obviously shot shy. It's a, it's a, it's loud. Uh, I get that, you know, um, but I want to get into that yes. in a second. But as far as like being gun shy to it, I mean, is, is it just, you know, a funky object to them that they don't like, or was it, you know, it, it, a lot of it spurs from, uh, and that's a good question. Uh, a lot of it spurs from 
you know, how the dog's first impression was. And you always see the phrase first impressions or everything mm-hmm. applies tenfold with puppies. Um, because a lot of 90% of your exposure is going to be in like that puppy phase. Right. And, um, you know, gun, uh, gun exposure and, and, you know, the actual shot exposure is, you know, right neck and neck, you know, right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a lot of folks ask that question and they, they just don't get, you know, how does the dog get afraid of the gun? And what tends to happen is either the gun will fall or they, you know, the pup kind of be like just romping around and the gun will fall on them. Um, you know, they just kind of knock it over by accident. And the impression that they kind of get from that, um, and that's just one example, but that's probably the most common is is they get that negative impression that, okay, I, I had this big clumsy thing fall on me. It's bad now. And mm-hmm. I'm going to stay away from it because all I know as a puppy is uh, last thing I knew with this thing, it hit me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's so... I think there's a phrase out there that, you know, you can do so much to make a good or great gun dog, but it takes one, one instance to mm. ruin all that work. Really? And, and damn, that isn't the most true thing ever. Hmm. And, uh, do you, have you like, do you like dive deep into like dog psychology itself? I mean, are you, I mean, obviously yeah. as a trainer, I mean, do you, do you like tend to like really kind of like dive deep a little bit and nerd out into it a little bit more, like just to get deep dive into, yeah. into the dog's mind. That's, oh man, that's a, uh, I, I'm like, oh, I dive extremely deep into that. That is, oh, that is key. And, yeah. um, I'm in a, uh, uh, shoot, it's been two years now I've been in it, but I'm in a, a, a gun dog, not gun dog course, just an overall, uh, canine cognition course. Mm. And, um, Man, he, the things you learn out of that, and some of the drills that you know you do for your your, your evaluations, it's unreal because you look at it on paper and it's like this just doesn't make sense. Like I don't even know how to set this up, and you think like, okay, you know, the dog's not going to get this; it's just not going to go as they write, and it's just as simple as as doing that. And and as soon as you get that read off your pup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is unreal, man. When you when you unlock that, it's you just sink so much better. And, and like you said, getting to know your pup and and getting into the psychology of it and understanding yeah everything down to the smallest detail is that's what makes a good gun dog great, right there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just I nerd out on this stuff too. You know, and I'm not even mm-hmm. a dog trainer, but like as you can already tell, like I'm just I, I've I've always been fascinated with it. So it's always yeah. been like a thing that I've wanted to get into. I mean, shoot, when I was in the Army, when they had the, uh, what was it, the 19-kilo job or whatever to go be a, a yeah. dog handler, I tried to yeah, I yeah, tried yeah. to reclass to that because I was like, oh, that would be sick. Like, I've always had this, this, this like, kind of, like, um, I guess you could say, like, a gravitational pull to mm-hmm. wanting to go do something like that, the train dog. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife always tells me, she's like, oh, you should just do, do that, you know, like, that. maybe that's yeah. why you should... She actually recommended that that's why, why don't you, she's like, you like training a dog and you like hunting, why don't you put sure. the two together? And yeah. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, for sure, you know, and I've listened to Mike Ritland and I've listened mm-hmm. to, you know, read some, you know, just stuff on, on war dogs and, and what they yeah. do. And it's just, it, it is just, it, it fascinates me. So I, I totally nerd out on this as well. And, and that, sure. that whole, that whole course that you're taking, that sounds so interesting. I would love to 
read into something like that because that's yeah that's always good knowledge and really just training an animal any animal in, in general i mean that is i i just find that as an invaluable skill i mean that's just an awesome skill set dude it's it's yeah you hit the nail on the head i mean it's i i i always say i'm like there's two there's always two uh, uh amazing moments um you know doing this job and and you know one of them is where i'll usually get a little choked up at is but the two moments are the first time you introduce your pup to peanut butter <laughs> dude it's just like you see it is. <laughs> you see so... their life just flash yeah. before their eyes <laughs> and uh the the second one is is going out and and i will do this typically with just about every gun dog that that leaves the facility here is i'll go out by myself on a hunting morning um and I, you know, even if it's not, I just have a you know live bird there. But I'll go out real early where it's all quiet, and it'll just be the pup and I. And the first bird, the first successful retrieve, man, it's it's probably one of the most. Um, man, I'm like, I'm already getting the feels bad, man. It's, yeah. it's you, you get you see them go from 99 to 100 in terms of what they've learned. They they you see them put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And man, there's nothing, nothing at all better than that because they just give you that look when they come back. Like, I get it now. You know, mm-hmm. this is why we did this. And they finally, you know, they get that scent in their their nose. They get that taste in their mouth, and you know, they just—it's indescribable, man. It's, it's oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree. You know, when I was on that hunt and and I saw that dog, you know, she sat there, you know, shaking like. Some mm-hmm. people would think, you know, they're like, oh, that dog's shaking. She must be cold. It's like, no, that dog yeah. is ready to, like, leave this blind and just go get yep. that bird. And she yeah, was absolutely. amped. She was so amped. And I was like, man, I love that. I love seeing, you know, when we used to, uh, like, uh, in the Army, too, you know, when you got to see the canines working and stuff. And you just mm-hmm. see them get all riled up, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, and all for all for that tennis ball. So they just. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, you know, it's yeah. just, it's amazing. And, you know, on. Yep. Moving over to, to, you know, on that subject with, you know, of uh, rewards and, and toys and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, I, I learned the hard way, and, and I think a lot of listeners who are owners of dogs learn the hard way between a retrieving toy and a chew toy. <laughs> 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 Just, yeah, don't don't let them chew on the, on the retrieving toys because you'll be pulling cotton out of their buttholes. Oh, man, it's, it's um yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Um, I think if there's anything to know about, the difference is, is, you know, chew toys are the harder ones. You know, your, your nylon bone, your, I have a ton of antlers here that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, those are your chew toys. They go in the kennel. They keep your pup busy, especially during the teething phase. Have like 20 of those bad boys. Yeah, I wish I'd um, do that. And, um, you know, your, your soft toys are your reward toys. You know, I will, I will only bring out the tennis ball, um, at least for, for Fury, every dog has their, their favorite toy, but mm-hmm. that's his favorite toy. And, I, I mean, that's the biggest thing is you need to find that out, find the favorite toy, and pretty much never bring it out until they do something great. Right. And then give them that reward. And, again, that's another way you can you can speak their language. And then um, the retrieving toys, this is where it gets um, – it turns into a timeline. I never have a problem um, – letting the pup you know uh, like you know just mess around with or you know not so much chew on um but just kind of mess around and play with um 
you know, like one of the birds, like a, a one of those doking birds or, or a bumper, mm-hmm. that's fine. You want to build that drive early, even though the pup doesn't really understand what it is. You want them chasing that, you know, because the next time you bring it out, once you take it away, is when you start doing retrieving drills. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like, oh, man, this is back again. I'm really excited to get to this. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing. I, I always say, you know, probably around the, the four, five, you know, three to five month mark, anywhere in there, depending on, you know, how your pup's reacting to it. That's usually when I'll, I'll you know, I'll take the uh, – take the toy back or the retrieving mm-hmm. uh, tool back just to, and I mean, they're puppies. Their, their attention will go away in five seconds, but um, that's the biggest thing is you want to kind of build that, that, uh, uh, that connection with the dog and that toy, then take it away and then put it back in, in a different aspect. So mm-hmm. you're kind of taking it out and reinventing it and putting it back into your training scheme. Now it's, it's a drive increasing tool. Mm-hmm. And uh, in transitioning from the retrieving toys to live bird, um, how does that how does that go about? Yeah. Um, so they so know the, to have so they know to have like a soft mouth and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean you're you're gonna get some dogs that just, I mean they just don't have it, <laughs> and that's one <laughs> thing you really can't. Uh, you, well, I shouldn't say can't. You you can, but it, it's um it is very time consuming because mm-hmm. it, it's a whole different ball game. Um, but the, if you're going to have a gun dog and I made this mistake early, I, I, I learned from it. And, and the biggest thing is if you're going to have a gun dog, whether you're going to test it or hunt it, the bird needs to be the first thing introduced, uh, in, in the online program. That's one of the first things you do after the intro or the prelude, um, is you introduce and expose your pup to, um, you know, real birds. The, these uh, most of them are just frozen, and and I'll let them thaw for a couple of days. But you want to just pretty much get that scent, get that taste of the feathers in the mouth. You know that that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get those feathers in their mouth, I mean it's game on. I mean they 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 get that. They wake up a little bit and they're like, "Whoa, mm. I'm about to be addicted to this." Okay, and. um that's the biggest thing. So expose them early. If you get little, I, I know uh, I've done it before, and, and a lot of other people do it. They'll get like pigeons, and they'll, they'll clip their wings, and pretty much just let them romp around, and and uh, you know the pup will just pretty much chase them, and, and again get some feathers in their mouth. And, right, get used um, to that drive of chasing the bird and, and stuff like yep, that. Yep, exactly, exactly. You know that's 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 pretty much the biggest thing you want to do is you you want to. There's so much exposure that has to be done and, and crammed into the you know the few months that that cognitive ability that that we keep talking about that that window of learning mm-hmm. where they're going to retain this later on is it's so small and right. you need to be able to really maximize what you're putting in there what's important mm-hmm. and and that's one of the things the course does it it puts it like all right this is what you need to do this time around this day and it's like these are important things and that's mainly real birds, gunfire, you know, gun exposure, water, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, so, so there is a time. So there is, you know, the old adage: you can't teach a, uh, an old dog new tricks. Uh, because because the, 
and, and I'm not saying that you can't do it. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that like the way that you've explained it is, oh yeah, you know there is a there is like a, a window of cognitive learning. Um, what are what are what's that window look like? Is it the first five months, three months, you know, six months? Yeah. It's uh for for me it's you you i'm gonna take it in like stages here so you can obviously take uh, an old dog and and teach something new it's just a matter of how a how well the handler is the trainer is you know and what kind of dog it is you know then that's kind of the the key factor is every dog is different um but um in terms of actually what the window looks like for me it's it's those first couple months, you know, the first month and maybe a little bit over, give or take, um, is all about exposing your pup to, you know, introduce, introducing it to its home. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of part one of exposure is I'm just exposing you to this world now. You know, you're, you're not around your mom. You're not around your, your litter mates. This is your home. And, and, you know, there's so much to be exposed to in here. And you got to remember that everyone thinks, well, okay, I mean, okay, it's the home. What what else can you do after that? It's like, well, take a step back and realize all the sounds, all the smells mm-hmm. all go with it. And it's all kind of just coming into one for this pup to be like, whoa, there's right. so much going on here. Um, and then after that, probably up until – I like to keep it, you know, and this is kind of how my instructor taught it was – excuse me within the like five to six month mark that's kind of when you want to be sure that everything's been exposed to the pup you know like i said the key elements like water and gunfire and and birds and so on and so forth you want that to be checked off Mm -hmm. um and you'll revisit it you know like i just revisited live birds with with fury the other day um just as kind of like a healthy reminder but in terms of the actual window um, yeah, it, it's probably around the five, the maybe not even the six, but you know, around that area. Okay. And, um, you know, if you can even break it down even more in terms of first session, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a uh, yeah. No, no, that's that that is really interesting, and, and I've always wanted to. That's always been a question for me: is like, mm-hmm. when is that that window open? Because I, I kind of, I tend to. You know, when I was training my dog, I tried to put myself in their position because, you know, in the sense that, you know, everything's hypersensitive at that point, you know, and they're trying to learn that stuff, at least from the videos that I was watching, you know, that's what they try to tell mm-hmm. you to do. And, and I did, and it kind of yeah. paid off in itself. And um, so what if, what, um, what gender um, have you found to be the easiest to train? Like, or do males, <laughs> do males try to try your life so much and then females kind of back down? You know, is it kind of like that? It's, um, yeah, I get this question a lot too. Um, you're hitting all the good ones. It's, um, it's, that's a tough one because I, I've worked with a ton of females and you can definitely tell that's kind of what a lot of, uh, uh, I mean, it's usually the opposite. So you get a lot of uh, male owners with female dogs and, and usually vice versa. Mm, um, really? It, it's weird. I mean, at least just what's come through my kennel. That's that's usually how it is. But um, how it goes is usually it's hard to say. I mean, I, I've had really good males. I've had really good females. Um, I think if you're going to put them up next to each other, the, the females definitely take the prize just because – 
it, it's hard to even put a label on that. I think it's just because they're so nurturing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, you can you can. It's, it's tough to separate. You can take a female gun dog, you know, in the process of like, you know, from going for their junior title or something like that right before then. Um, you can take that and turn the, the switch on and be like, hey, it's game time. And they'll perform awesome. And then they turn the switch off and it's like, all right, man, I'm going to I'm going to go over my corner and snuggle up. And, and if you want to join me, man, that's perfect. But then. On the flip side, you've got male dogs where, you know, obviously their size is a little bit – it always goes up in scale. They they're tend to be a little bit more aggressive. But mm-hmm. I've, I've seen some spitfire females. Um, and, you know, it's it's a little bit harder to flip that switch for some males. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they're all different. But it's, you know, like like Fury right now, my pup, he, um, he'll just explode out on the uh, – training grounds and, and i always say he makes me look good man but he he he's out there and and just does it effortlessly mm-hmm. and he's only five months old and um you know he'll come back slam some water and it's like you know he he wants to just pass out and um it's like five and go near i'm like yeah he'll be like man yeah you can lay there but don't get too close man mm-hmm. and i've noticed that kind of being the pattern with the male dogs is they're just like, like I said, they don't have that nurturing aspect, but at the same time, they are some hosses of gun dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've always wondered because uh, just you know, just everything you you, you said, you know, um, you, obviously you hit everything on nail on the head on that because I've I've come to notice that you know female dogs just a little bit more submissive and like you said, mm-hmm. more nurturing and stuff like that. And I, and I know a lot of guys who who have uh, said that they you know they're just easier to train, you know. Um, for you, have you had any issue with the dog being aggressive towards you in the field itself, you know, not wanting to work with you or maybe, you know, fighting back against you? (laughs) Yeah. uh, I had one instance and it was actually more so, um, in evaluation. It came from a, uh, I don't even want to call him trainer, but came from a trainer, um, and, you know, it was there for like, it was, I mean, I, I still raised my eyebrow with this one, but it was like there for like seven months wow. and they, they were, they were charging uh, this person like 1400 bucks a month. And, you know, I, I, I had no idea what I was getting and I, I tried to find out and I was like, Hey, you got to ask him, where did he leave off? And after seven months, the first they got was they started force fetch. I'm like, what? Wow. And I mean, I always say you can, the dog tells the story once you, you, mm-hmm. you really start working. Them. And, um, I mean, I, I can't, maybe I shouldn't say it was aggressive. It was just more so like, it, it just, we couldn't sink. And, um, that's usually the, that's usually how I am able to say, you know, I really haven't had any aggressive dogs is your first to two, you know, one to two weeks is just, having the dog trust you right? You know, and, and, you know, going into the psychology a little bit, it, it's, it literally goes back to those natural instincts of, okay, who, who's your pack leader? This is our pack now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here with all my other dogs and they know, okay, well, this one's different, but he's kind of making all the calls and there's still that collision. There's still that collision of, you know, who's an alpha, who's, 
who's more so leading the pack. And it sounds crazy when you tell people who aren't really hardcore dog owners. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I guess until you see it, I mean, that's, I, I've kind of narrowed it down to like two weeks where it's like, okay, there's usually a point where we will bash heads so much. And it takes like nine times out of 10, it's just me being like, you know, just talking to them sternly. And, um, it, it, it's just like overnight. It's hard to explain besides that. It's like overnight. They're just like, okay, you know what? I trust you. I'm letting you in. And, and that's really what it is. That's mm-hmm. that's the key. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, a lot of people don't seem to realize that. Um, and this is just me, you know, kind of what I'm kind of grabbing from this is um it's not really a dog. It's not the dog. It's you. <laughs> like, 100%, you know, you know yeah. if if yep. the dog isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing, it's because it doesn't trust you. You haven't built that trust. You haven't trained it. You, you can't put all the blame on the dog, you know. And, and I've met dogs that are, you know, either out of control or whatever, but it's because they they feed off their owner. You know, my yep. dog was, he, man, he was super high. I mean, he listened, and mm-hmm. he would do everything you want him to do, but, you know, just me being walking into a room after I've been gone for a bit, he would just change personalities. He'd be a completely different animal, you know, just oh, yeah. just hyped up, you know, because you bring that, you know, you as the owner, you bring that, that aura and that energy over to him. And then, and there was yeah. a, there was a moment where, yeah, like you could, you, again, you know, yeah, if you have to be, you know, pretty nerded out within the dog community, I guess, or, or be an yeah. owner to, to notice when your dog is trying you. And you're, and you, you, oh, yeah. you, you just know it, you know it from body language, from just the, just these subtle things they're doing. You're like, are you really challenging me right now? Like, yeah. And then, I, I and mean, then you, is... and then you sit back as an owner and you're like, am I really fighting with a dog right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is, man. That's, it's exactly what it is. And it, again, I've told many people, you know, most of the neighbors are just like, Hey, we want to see the pups are doing. And they'll ask these questions. And I'm, I'm like, well, I'm going to give you the answer. You don't to answer, and they're like, well, how does that even make sense? And you just kind of laugh it off, but in reality, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, Grand, most of them have yappy dogs, but it's like you really try to break down what, you know, not to use the word breaking your dog, but that's really what it is. You're, mm-hmm. you're breaking them in the, the psychological sense. That's right. that's what it is. Um, and, man, it's it's, like I said, it just kind of takes that one little – at one little moment where it's like, all right, mm-hmm. got it, you know. Yeah, and and I'm glad you and I'm glad you explained it that way that breaking them in the psychological sense because I think when mm-hmm. people do hear break, um, yep. they think they if they're if they know anything about horses or something they they think mm-hmm. it's like that or the old yeah. way that they used to break they used to break horses they don't break them the same way like that anymore I think they've they've also taken the cognitive approach towards towards uh, horse training in this in the same aspect and yeah. now dogs are in the same in the same way you know making them feel safe in their in their own place is a way to break them mentally of that of that barrier of defense um yeah. and i'm kind of I'm, I'm glad you you explained that one cuz i think that's that's something that people you know when they they question it they're like well i don't want to hurt him and i don't want to have to use an e collar to break him and mm-hmm. do all this stuff and it's like you don't need to abuse the animal to break him um, right you know there's a there's a I guess you could say a passive aggressive approach towards it um, that gets there's, the dog's attention. Yeah, there, there definitely is. Um, now there are uh, there are programs out there that that's literally the entire cor- like uh, uh, what the heck is it uh, Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. That's literally their approach. Like they just do everything passive, and and 
90 oh, shoot i could almost say 100 percent of the, the folks who are signed for this course are like we don't want that because yeah it works but you don't and, I, and I, again i'm not talking trash on, on course though mm-hmm. it's a good program um but a lot of folks are like listen you get a different result nonetheless and it's 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 noticeable you mm-hmm. know because it's almost like yeah passive is good it's very fitting for the times and you know absolutely we can replace some things that were old school and now we can put that into play but there's some things that you shouldn't do that with right. and um it, it, again you, you kind of have to use that how i explain that very very lightly right um, because nowadays people will think like oh my god he's beating the dog mm-hmm. and in reality it's just like no you, you can't let him walk all over you i mean yep. you know and i'm not saying that's what that course does but it's just like a lot of people interpret things differently and and that was that was what i was happy about with with some of the feedback was like okay you know good they uh they definitely want kind of that mix and, right you know you get a lot of people who kind of either just fade to the passive or or fade to the aggressive like hard mm. there's very few mixes and, yeah. and i was happy to bring that to the table but yeah that's a good question yeah i mean it, it, it's kind of a lot you know how leadership style was for us in the military I mean, mm-hmm. you got different tools for the you know for the situation and that's what you use it yeah. for um, yeah, that's that's oh good Oh no no sorry. Uh, so uh, so um, we're actually oh shit. So we're actually coming up on an hour now, brother. Um, oh okay. My uh, my last question for you, and this is one I've been asking for other people uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the podcast. Uh, what's the biggest myth you wanted to debunk about your profession in regards to dog training? Oh man. <laughs> Um, biggest myth. It, I mean, my head right now is just like, tell them about the force fed. <laughs> that's really what I'm saying. <laughs> Man, that's the biggest myth. Like everyone, everyone's like, and I write this, I put it as clear as possible. I have to like <laughs> Barney style it. I'm like, you will not kill your dog. And it's like, some people just won't get it. But the big, yeah, I'm going to debunk that myth. And I can't tell you how many dogs I've, debunked it with but um force fetch is used to be and i gotta use that lightly used to be the quote-unquote most aggressive part of the train mm-hmm. mainly because i'm sure some person saw someone doing it wrong and just pretty much you know laying on the lightning on the e-collar and right. this dog just naturally going bananas um and you know word spreads it's like okay well Force fetch is pretty much stabbing your dog. Like, what? <laughs> what? And um, that that's the biggest thing. I mean, you really don't put the, the e-collar on, you know, the process I do. it. Shoot, I think I only really spend a, a day or two with it on, and, and I'm using the vibrate. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's – it's again, it's it's what you've been exposed to. If you've been exposed to negative force fetch, then that's what you're going to think of it. But until you get – Get down there and, and see what it really is. I, I challenge everyone to go on go on to the channel and be like, hey, this is how Force Fest is really done. Or excuse me, I, I shouldn't say that, but this is how my method is. Um, and nine times out of ten, the pups, they, they like it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you really only get bucking in the beginning. But, yeah, I'm going to debunk that, that Force Fest is, is either not what it used to be uh, in the good sense and 
you can do it. That's the biggest thing. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Zach, where can uh, where can people find you at, and um, how much is how much is it for your course and and, and all mm-hmm. that? Yeah, so uh, I'm on um, just about every platform, I think, except like Twitter. Um, but yeah, <laughs> my website is Southern Lunar Retriever no s dot com. Um, you can find everything on there. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, and Instagram are all just search Southern Lunar Retrievers. And I'll pop up Instagram is Southern Lunar Retrievers PA for Pennsylvania. Um, and then, yeah, I just started TikTok, which is an interesting world. But, <laughs> but I'm on there too. And uh, the course itself, you can find that on the website. Just look up, uh, it's one of the tabs, Gundog Academy. I've got two versions I've got a free version, which is pretty much, you know, just so you can test it out, you know, see what you like. I have a, about five or six videos in there from the course. Um, so you can see what the curriculum is like and, and how it's kind of laid out. Um, the actual Gundog course, the full version, um, after you complete the free version, is four ninety nine. And what it is is you pay once, cry once, and you have unlimited access for life. Um, and what I recommend for anyone listening, go do the uh, free course. Once you graduate it, quote-unquote graduate you get a certificate on the top of the certificate. There's a promo code for a certain amount off of the main course. So I always tell people go do that course so you can save a buck. Awesome, dude. All right, man. Well, that's all we got. Uh, I, I have so many more questions and I, I think <laughs> me and you are going to end up, uh, probably going to be doing a part two. I, I definitely, yep. I, I mean, I'm such a nerd. I, feel I, mean, I am such a nerd for this, bro. So yep. yeah, yep. um, we'll definitely do a part two, man. It's fun talking about this stuff and, it's something I want to get into, but, uh, yeah. thanks, uh, thanks for having, uh, for coming on Zach. Um, I really appreciate your, uh, your transparency with everything. I think that's, um, just like this podcast that I do and, uh, have a couple other friends that run small businesses. They're, they're completely open and real mm-hmm. about what they're doing and they don't try to sugarcoat or hide anything from anyone. The best and thing you could do, man. It, it really is. And, it, and it's also really good for the fact that, that you're also trying to bring people into the fold of it. And oh, yeah. there's so many people gate guarding, um, you know, badge <laughs> yep. protecting, you know, the, yep. <laughs> the, the, the sport and the knowledge. And, you know, I, I am for one, one of those guys who don't feel that that needs to happen. Um, there, yep. there's a Agreed. sense, there's a sense of it and there need, it needs to be there for the sense of protecting the sport in its own, in its own way, but not yep. keeping people from trying to participate. And, uh, yep. I like what you got going on, man. It's, 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 it's really sick. And like I said, part two, we're definitely gonna we're definitely at the schedule oh, yeah. one for that, bro. Yeah, man, I I really am I'm pumped about it, and and yeah, we we could tackle a lot of uh, a lot of topics, but yeah, I thank you for having me on. It was a blast, and uh, yeah, that, that was a quick hour. <laughs> yeah, no, man, it goes by quick. That's why I had to watch it. it I was does. like, oh, <laughs> yep, yep. Well, all right, brother, take care. Yeah, man, thanks. We'll see you. See you.